I'm Chad Rutherford. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And welcome to No Clip Pocket. If this game doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. Today, we're going to be talking about Tamashi, which was a game that was developed by Vikinter and was released in 2019. Uh, Tamashi is a, uh, and this is basically straight from the like Steam page of this, because I it, it, once you dive deep into it, it's harder and harder to place, mm-hmm. but it is a puzzle platformer, uh, and it is inspired by, as they describe it, obscure Japanese games from the 1990s. Yeah, specifically, I found they reference a first-person uh, like maze crawling game that was on the Virtual Boy. I with that ending. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Is a it's a really interesting aesthetic to go for. Uh, the only game in the genre that I'm I assume that I've played uh, is Yume Nick Yume Nikki I think or Yumi Nikkei. I don't. I'm not a hundred percent. Uh huh. Uh, but which is a sort of like similarly styled two D adventure game that has no sort of venerable goal you just kind of walk around and pick stuff out and like try and figure your way through it Mm -hmm. uh the intro to this game also kind of reminds me of uh lsd dream simulator (laughs) the like the kind of obtuse grid that accompanies the developer's name and like just like the blinking dot and like that loud repeating noise mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff sort of bleeds together and that that's those are my main touchstones for this game's aesthetic uh and i don't know whether not being familiar is better or worse for your experience with this yeah i have written down that it feels like it's got a lot of hr geiger influence and then it's also has kind of like a pseudo egyptian i think kind of the like theme primary god character has that going for him plus like the the sort of uh, obtuse head shapes of the other characters mm-hmm. i i can see yeah that. the um the one i i don't remember the character's name but the one that you talked to after the boss fights yeah kind of reminded me like of an egyptian cat god right yeah and i don't disagree with that i think that uh the the visual influences of this game definitely run deep uh, to the point where I feel like if you were too familiar, this would feel like kind of a mishmash. Uh, but because I am not, the style feels very unique to me. Uh, the The fact that there's all these different sort of like abstract sort of uh, elements mashed together makes it really kind of sing in a way that it wouldn't otherwise yeah i mean i would describe it as a mishmash and i don't really think that's a bad thing fair because if there's a thread that kind of connects them which i think that there is <laughs> yeah like as you mentioned there's like an hr geiger sort of uh pseudo sexual industrial aesthetic yeah it's um most clear um in the the room of the pyramid head god there's right. those two statues on either side of him that are like weird fetus things with the umbilical cord going into their mouth like that's straight up like a geiger yeah but homage. the umbilical cord itself is sort of like ribbed like duct work yeah. like it's got a really sort of weird it's thing it's got that like overwhelming detail that geiger does yeah <laughs> 
Uh, it's hard to describe. It really is that aesthetic. G- Geiger has <laughs> has kind of cemented himself as a pillar of that aesthetic. Oh, so yeah. saying that it's like him usually is enough to get the uh, idea across for sure. And it's revisited later in the game. There's that whole sequence with the. I, c- I couldn't even describe to you what is happening, but it appears to be some kind of sexual act where, like, the statues are all, like, having these cables and tubes rammed down their mouths and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's super creepy and weird, and I think that's what they're going for. Yeah. Um, but then mix in with that, uh, like, a, a sizable dose of, like, bizarre religious imagery as well. Uh, the the what is it called the temple the just, the hub world yeah whatever the hub yeah world i is. think it's just called referred to as like the temple it, yeah it, it has like an adjective before but i can't probably forget. yeah but uh it like it's just littered with statues of baphomet in like the classic uh yeah. baphomet pose doing the finger guns yeah uh <laughs> which if you're familiar with what I'm talking about, you probably get what I'm saying. If you aren't, I probably sound ridiculous. He's like cross-legged, and he's got one arm up with and the one two fingers down. pointing. Yeah, and one arm down. Yeah. Uh, it's like a classic pose. It is like a classic pose. <laughs> and that kind of thing is sort of scattered throughout the game as well. And the, the game like basically considers your like the creator character who starts the game as being a god and the, uh, there's a, a prompt at one point where you can ask the other character if they're a demon uh which they deny or they kind of give a non-answer which is typical of them mm-hmm. but uh it's it's there though i don't necessarily know that it makes a whole lot of sense i know that it concludes by implying that you are the character ascended into the real world as a baby and that your role is to kill gods now, <laughs> which is a super strange way for the game to end, but yeah. uh, it's in keeping with the themes. Yeah, it, it definitely has this, like, um, like corruption of religion kind of theme. That's what it's called, it's the corrupted temple. Yeah, well, there you yeah, go. There it is. Uh, which is something that I really like. There's something, I it, it think it's not hard to make that, like, a like an unsettling creepy evocative thing mm-hmm. um but now if you looked at like a screenshot of this game or like you had someone describe it to you i feel like you might think that it was like kind of like cheap or like amateurish or just like for shock value right but i think it, i think it pulls it off it does like I... it it's not like like to an amazing degree it's not like it has like great art direction but like i think they pull it off pretty well given like the kind of game this is yeah i think that the only thing that i would consider as kind of like somebody who is a a big fan of like kind of schlocky entertainment generally i think the only part of it that i would consider sort of like cheap and doesn't really work is that there's Pretty early in the game, there's a scene that has some, like, pretty obvious Christ imagery in it. And, like, you can make the argument that it's pulling a trope in order to get you to identify, like, connect the dots that they want you to connect between what's being portrayed and the thing that you're familiar with. But at the same time, like, it doesn't really go anywhere. That character isn't all that important. It's just, like, one of the bosses. And they don't do anything with it after that. So it, it does feel like it's just there to be like, hey, 
Ooh. <laughs> Are you talking about the scene where it show it does like the glitchy flashes of like the the crucifixion? Yeah. I thought that was depicting like the main god, like, like pyramid head. Yeah. Because he's in a pose kind of like that, where his arms out. Right. And I thought that that was like a cool moment that was meant to like show you he isn't what he seems. I suppose, but it that's kind of how I interpreted it. But it also sort of reinforces that he might actually be what he seems, though, because when you start to bring like the Christian religion into it and saying like Christ yeah. is God and all that, so I, yeah, I think they're. I don't think they're trying to draw specific parallels. I think it's just kind of like a shorthand, right? But uh, I mean, it could work for some people. Yeah, I, I think it's <laughs> that's. I think that's part of the benefit of it being like a vague exp- like indie game i guess it's not experimental that's what i wanted to say but uh it's it's more interpretive yeah. so you know they could if even if they specifically were trying to allude to the crucifixion like they could deny it you know? yeah pretty easily <laughs> yeah <laughs> And I mean, I don't want to say that the game isn't experimental, though I know what you mean. Like, it's visually experimental. Mm-hmm. It's experimental to put this out and say, someone should buy this. Because, like, it's not something that appeals to a great deal of people. Uh, but the game itself is not super experimental, which I assume is what we get into now. Yeah. In that the game is a puzzle platformer, of which there are umpteen millions of them <laughs> sort of floating around. Uh I don't know that this game does anything that's super unique, but it does have one primary mechanic uh, in cloning yourself. You can create these little, like, immobile uh, statues, similar to, like, the Elegy of Emptiness Mm -hmm. uh, Zelda statues. And then the other thing that I think this game does really well that I don't necessarily think is all that unique, but I think it does to good effect, is that it has sort of an emphasis on speed. Um but we'll talk about the the clone thing first because yeah. it's like the thing that it does most interestingly. Yeah, it's it felt it didn't feel like anything super unique to me. Uh, as you said, it kind of reminds you of the Elegy of Emptiness, and there's also a similar mechanic in Darksiders too, okay. uh, where you make clones of yourself to put on buttons and things like that. Right. Uh, so it's a thing that like I've seen before in other games, but I thought it it did a pretty good job of uh implementing it and like fleshing it out for like the length the game is yeah the fact that there's enough variety to it to the puzzles that involve them i mean Mm -hmm. uh really kind of speaks for it because it's like the the game's focus was obviously on its aesthetics and its like mood but it still went the extra mile to include and flesh out fully an extra mechanic in order to make the gameplay interesting as well. Yeah, the gameplay, it's nothing special. I wouldn't recommend this game based just on its um, gameplay mechanics, unless you're just like super into every indie puzzle platformer that you can get your hands on. But um, it's but what is there is solid. Yeah. Like it is well made. It's pretty well fleshed out. And everything it, it it's satisfying to work through the levels they've got a nice like scale and like scope to it like i think they they hit i think the appropriate like level with the uh the gameplay mechanics yeah and i i don't think any of the particular 
uh, individual levels are all that difficult. I say that knowing that I did skip one of them. Uh, I took the hard path at the end of each level mm-hmm. uh, in every one, and I dipped out on the one where you have to, like, time moving the clones left and right to get them into the two things and move it farther to the right, and I never quite you, got there. You coward. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I chickened out on that one because it was just taking a really long time, and it was, like... To me, I felt like it was working against what the game did really well, uh, which was to provide these like challenges and then put a time limit over top of them. The time limit was present, but there was no way to restart without restarting, like dying or mm-hmm. resetting the game. And it became really tedious, so I kind of stopped. So I never got into that last area at the time of this recording. Yeah, uh, Whether or not I go back to it remains to be seen, but... Uh, other than that one instance, nothing was so hard that it took like more than a few go throughs to kind of figure out. Mm-hmm. And it gives it this almost like meat. I mean, I hate to like bring to to make this comparison because I feel like every platformer these days gets compared. But it gives it kind of a Meat Boy feel. See, I feel like it's been just the right amount of time. Right. <laughs> uh, that that feels appropriate again. Mm-hmm. I think Celeste is the new hotness to compare platformers to. That's true. But this one does have literal saw blades, which is a pretty common thing in Meat Boy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So you end up doing these things where it's like you have to get from point A to point B, sometimes doing other things along the way. And other times you do circular routes or, like, figure eights if they're multiple, like, sigils to stand in front of or whatever. Um, And I think it all works really well, and because they're not that hard, they can afford to put these time limits on things. So you have time limits on your clones, time limits on just, like, just general actions, and it forces you to sort of, like, figure out the optimal path and make your way through it. And I found that really satisfying, if not, like, super creative. Yeah, I, I would agree. And it's nice that you have the ability to like speed up the because your your clones will blow up after a certain amount of time. Yeah, which is the time limit that you speak of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you have the ability to speed it up, which is nice, and the ability to just reset the the level whenever you want, which adds to like the kind of smoothness of making your way through a level. And similarly to Celeste, since I brought it up. Um, <laughs> Most levels are not much bigger than just a screen. Right. Or, you know, maybe four. You know, like, it's, it's, uh, like, the, the size of the levels, I think, is just right for the mechanic set. I would agree. I think, uh, and, and the times when they do make them more expansive is when I think the game hits its sort of, like, struggle points. Because I don't think that this game really wants you to spend a whole bunch of time in it. I think that, if anything, it wants you to, sprint through the game as fast as you can by constantly barraging you with weird visuals. (laughs) Yeah, it wants you to get in and get out Mm -hmm. and be like, what the fuck did I just experience? (laughs) That's what it wants. And so when the levels become really big is when it kind of like loses that momentum. There's a puzzle that I remember kind of specifically where, uh, and this is something I bring up whenever we talk about puzzle games, so I apologize if I sound repetitive. It was easy to figure out but difficult to execute, and I feel like that's never where you want to be as a puzzle. In this case, it was there was like a it's like two pits, and you're supposed to drop a thing on one side and then blow it up so you fall down the other side, and then you put like a you put a clone on a thing and then you run 
it's like forward down. There's a bridge that's there as long as the clone the clone is alive. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, now. and then as you you have to climb back up, dropping a clone on the way, blow up one of them, reset it, and it would always be so close when I would almost get it that it became really tedious to have to retry yeah. that. That one I think feels rough because of like you said, like you let in with like because the screen like the the level's big. And you can't see your clones. Like, you want to be able to see where they're moving to. Right. So, like, when you're kind of experimenting, like, trying to figure the puzzle out, you're not sure exactly, like, what made the bridge go away? Like, why did that clone move at that time? Because you can't see everything. So that one dead that takes a few more tries than it probably should because you have a lack of uh, visual information. Yeah, and what is essentially like the last challenge chamber before the final boss of the game has an almost identical problem where you literally have to hold on one of those like move the clones posts for a while while not being able to see literally any of them. Yeah. So you just have to hope. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, it's so you don't know like what's happening if it's going wrong. Yeah, it, it, it's I don't know because I, I don't think it's a flawed implementation. I just think that it clashes with the rest of it. Yeah. I think there could be like the Smash Brothers, like uh little bubbles that show where you are off screen. Yeah. And they had one of those that showed just the clone and its immediate surroundings. I think that would just like, that would alleviate every problem that I had. Yeah. Something along those lines, or you could maybe even kind of like shift the screen. Like that might require some like tweaking of the layout to make sure things are close enough that you can keep you and the clone in frame. But right. Something like that could be cool. Yeah, because even though your game, the, the game does have a double jump, it's not like a super expansive. It's like you're not using that double jump to cross like these ludicrous gaps. Yeah, no, I do think that the jump arc is like really satisfying, though. It has. So I want to get your take on this. It's got actually. like a cool trail, mm-hmm. uh, which is always fun. I, I, and a cool yeah. sound effect. Yeah, good sound effects. Those help sell it, for sure. <laughs> good visual trail. I thought that the fact that your fall was so slow, uh, like, you quickly ascend when you jump, mm-hmm. and then when you reach the apex, you then, like, drift downward like you have a parachute on. Yeah. And I, I found that caused a little bit of frustration sometimes when I would double jump when I intended to land and then jump again, and then I wouldn't be able to double jump again. Uh, I don't know if that's a big enough deal to make it a negative. I think that it happened infrequently enough. Yeah, it did feel like there was some weird kind of end lag on the jump. But I mean, I don't know. That kind of stuff's <laughs> always hard to like talk about. Yeah. Uh, so you don't know if it's like a programming thing or if it's intentional or what. You yeah. know, it, it's one of those things that like comes up when uh, in platformer. <laughs> yeah <laughs> in platformer design a lot where it's like do you jump like do you want your jump to be high or low and how much air control do you want to have in this case your character is pretty floaty you have a, a very slow fall and have a ton of air control uh to major tom and i think generally it works out really well um and i want to unless you have more on this I want to shout out the boss fights for oh. mostly not being boss fights. I uh, have, yeah, written down that they were an unexpected highlight yeah. of the game because it doesn't have combat mechanics. And I thought the way that they approached boss fights 
given the controls that they have set up was pretty pretty good yeah like better I than i expected because there were a couple of them where you had to drop clones on switches that would fire projectiles at the bosses and you would just have to focus on dodging stuff mm-hmm. which was cool and there were some that were just platforming challenges where you're being chased classic platformer boss yeah so we'll get back into what it is that caused me to do this but i went from the first level to the fourth level Mm. because i could not find the entrance to the second level i was pretty sure they were non-linear yeah but Uh, i wasn't 100 percent. i think i did them in order i might have done the fourth one before the third one yeah to get to the one that i got to i had to go through like a hole in the wall like metroid style Mm. where there was like no indication that it was there but i happened to jump into the corner and went through the wall um got an achievement for it. Hooray. Hooray. Uh, and I was like, well, fuck it. I can't. I've spent 20 minutes looking for the second level. Let's just do the fourth one and see if it's too much. Uh, so I started it. It wasn't too much. And then I got to the boss of the fourth level. And the boss of the fourth level is one of the ones where you run from a thing. It's one of the chase sequences. Like the bosses. arm pile. Yeah. That, yeah. I think that might have been my favorite. Oh, I know. The arm pile is the final boss. Is it? Yeah. There's... Because the final boss chases you, but I, I thought the one for the fourth one was, like, the arm pile that came at you, like, from the side. It was just, like, a horizontal level. I thought that was the... Because there's also a big mouth. Yeah. Well, And then I there's think... the, the skeleton yeah. musculus chair structure yeah, I... one. <laughs> See, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the weird amorphous Geiger Lovecraft abominations... Make it really Uh, hard to describe. But anyway. It was one of the ones that chases you. And I remember, because the first boss is not one of those. It's like a weird pill head baby monster. (laughs) It's one of the ones where you drop a clone clone into those uh, receptors and that shoots projectiles. And you have to avoid its attacks in the meantime. And it has like the duck hunt like screen gun. Uh, which I thought was very cool. I thought generally I liked that boss, but I was very concerned after playing the fourth boss and loving it that that was like going to be the, the exception. Highlight. Yeah, yeah. But when I found out that more of them did the chase sequences, the uh, I forget what the tree escape is called in Ori, but oh, like that kind uh, of a thing. the Jinzo tree. Yeah, the Jinzo tree uh, type bosses. Uh, the fact that those were actually the majority, or at least almost exactly half. I think it's like a 50-50. Yeah, I was very happy about that, because those felt really satisfying to do. In the skeletal monster chase sequence, the fact that like the last thing you have to do is drop a sequence of clones as you go right and left through mm-hmm. like a little chasm was like just the yeah. right amount of tension. I actually think that's the arm pile one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's very good. Because like the way it ends is that like you're dropping the things and it's like closing in on you and it's like reaching out all of its arms at right. you. Right, and destroying the... Yeah. Yeah, very good. Super fucking good. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh... But then the other bosses were also pretty, like, at least tolerable. Yeah, the um the next to final boss where you get the wings oh, and yeah. it's like a little the shoot Kirby's up. Air Ride. One. Yeah, <laughs> um, it is kind of like a Kirby boss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I thought that was cool too because it like it sends you through a little gauntlet first where you have to like realize that you can shoot a projectile now. Yeah, 
and I don't know. I just thought that was well done. It's like a difference in kind, like a cool, like a ah, oh, neat. Like it's a, this cool <laughs> thing I can do. Well, it's another one of those things that like worked out uh, because the game has that like very forgiving death structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can play it and die because you don't know you can shoot a projectile a la what I did. Yeah, I did like three times. Like I'm just trying to dodge the crosses. And they that... would just send a whole wall of them. Yeah, and, like, and then well... I'm like, what? what's what's going on here? And then I figured it out. Yeah. So once you do, and and that it works as a good teaching moment because it resets you. And it feels way better because you're not like losing to the boss. Right. It's, you're like, it, it feels more like you're kind of figuring something out and less like you're losing. Yeah. And the boss itself was cool. I liked the level leading up to it as well, where you're dodging sort of like things that are coming out of the, just in waves and things. Mm-hmm. All of it very neat. Um, the only boss that I can say that I didn't really like was the one uh, wh- that you had to wait for it to blow up the wall. It's like a flying demon that isn't <laughs> the other demon that then possesses you and you fly around. Uh-huh. But there's... Uh, a thing on the right side, like a receptacle, a clone receptacle on yes. the right side. And then on the left side, there's a uh, another receptacle. I think I know what you're talking about. And a, Yeah, and a thing that moves the thing to the right. And you're just supposed to wait while it blows up the wall and then set the thing up. Mercifully, it only takes like two phases to beat. Yeah. But it's like very tedious the way that it does it. Mm-hmm. I did like the collapsing floor part of it. Yeah. But that's about as as much as I was engaged. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think that's ultimately fine though because the game is so like short mm-hmm. and you know, like if something doesn't land, it's not very much time. Yeah, you're through it and on to the yeah, next Yeah, it's thing definitely yeah, like I think the game's biggest like one of its biggest like assets is that it is brevity. Yes. Yeah. It's short and sweet. Uh, so did this game jangle you at all? Did it get your nerves a jangling? Did it jangle me? Um, the I, it was one of the better instances of a jump scare because like I didn't know anything about this. Like you showed it to me on some lists, and you were like, "Let's do it for pocket," and I was like, "Okay, it seems interesting enough." Uh, and so I just went into it, and um, you know, it has its like geiger horror look to it mm-hmm. and you got your little hollow knight-esque cute character uh and you're jumping around i'm like okay it's indie i'm conjuring the image of like your character's weird butthole mouth in my head <laughs> and being like yes cute <laughs> adorable i mean whatever <laughs> uh, isn't his mouth just like a pixel uh, well, yeah, when, it, when it's displayed. I'm talking the character portrait. Okay. He looks a lot creepier. All right. Um, but, uh, so, but I didn't know how horror it was going to be or if it was going to be more about the puzzle solving, you know? So, like, the first time it does, like, the glitchy weirdness in the hub world, that took me completely off guard. Oh, yeah. And in a way that I liked. Yeah, I agree. I think that they may have done it too many times. Well, yeah. After which the first time, once. yeah. After the first time, it didn't really work. But it, I, I did like I said, uh, the like the religious corruption angle is like, oh, is that I find that creepy and weird. Yeah. For one reason or another, um, so I liked 
a lot of that, like all the bosses and like the weird, like deep chanting sound effects. <laughs> that was always like creepy. And I loved the ending. Yeah. I think the ending is they really bring it home. They do. I, I, I agree with pretty much all of that completely. The, the, Ending, even as far as, like, just from the final boss all the way to the actual end of the game, is just a marathon of very cool shit happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that it wasn't... I don't think that the end of the game is at the peak horror of the game. I think that that comes from sort of just, like, the game like the parts of it that you're experiencing (laughs) and the downtime a lot of it i think is like implication for me like the just like the situation you're kind of plopped into is an interesting one uh given that you don't know a lot about the goings-on and then you have like the the cat goddess character (laughs) whatever you want to call her um who's giving you information and then the pyramid hit God who created you supposedly giving you other information. And like, you don't know, you don't have a clear picture of what's going on. So like your mind gets to play with it. Yeah. And like, that's where I think a lot of, at least for me at this point in my life, like that's where like horror really like lives. Yeah. (laughs) That is pretty good way of saying it. Like, it's the stuff that it makes you, like, think about. Yeah. The ideas it puts in your head is, like, what really gets to you. Yeah, and I think that the... Because the plot itself is so threadbare, it ends up working in that kind of uh, introspective way. Yeah. Know? It gives you just enough to chew on, I think. Uh, yeah, anything? Uh, what about the lips? You remember that lips? The lips, lips world? Oh, uh, okay. I I do remember some lips. <laughs> That's all I really had. It was yeah. weird. Um, I I wanted to shout out. I liked the theme in the hub world. The music I thought in the oh, hub okay. was pretty good. Um, music overall pretty solid, but I really liked the track in the hub. Um, and I just kind of want to specifically talk about the ending part, the three D maze thing. Oh yeah, because that. Well, if the the jump scare caught me off guard, the 3D maze ending thing took me super off guard. Uh, And I brought it up at the beginning, but I wrote this specifically down so that it was interesting. Is this developer did uh, had a previous game that was a free to play first person maze explorer game called uh, Ritualistic Madness, which was inspired by Innsmouth no yakata which was the virtual boy game that i referenced so they made a game inspired by that and then i'm assuming used that code uh to put a cool thing onto the end of this game right um so confession i guess i didn't fully experience the 3d maze oh really uh i did i went through the first well i don't know how much there is to it either i just kind of like went through it, exited it, and then the game ends. <laughs> yeah, abruptly by crashing the game. Yeah. Uh, but going through the... Yeah, I went through like the first room and then immediately went toward the eyeball uh-huh. at the end of the, the big hallway. I mean, I followed the left-hand rule. 
Oh, and it, yeah. and it and took me survival. out of the maze. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what if the uh, if like venturing deeper reveals anything else, but I did. I was just kind of assuming it would lead you to the exact same thing, mm. but I mean that's baseless. Like that's just kind of like what I assumed would happen. But yeah, I wasn't sure if you spent more time in it, but yeah, it was very interesting. I remember when it came up, I just went like the fuck yeah like i thought it was over because it, it goes to black i might even do credits yeah yeah and then it puts you into the maze and it it uses your real name it calls you by your real name which i'm assuming they pull from like your steam account or something yeah um which you know is unexpected when you they don't if the game asks you to put in your name it like you know it like, ruins any it, it, that it ruins that but it doesn't and it calls you by your name that's weird and it implies that yeah like the character you've been playing is like reborn as you <laughs> is like a weird i is you know up to interpretation but right. like you're like reborn into this maze three like a new kind of rendered game world here and you're going through this 3d maze you exit it and there's like a big Illuminati eyeball. Of course. And then it cuts, it crashes the game. Crashes. Cra- yeah, big quotes. Yeah, it has like even a, the it has like a fake error report the first time it does yeah. it. It does it a couple of times. Uh, and like with, you know, goofy text in it. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm always a big fan of that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those things that like, I've, I've seen at least two games now. And it, but it feels it, it's felt effective every time I've come across it. Like it, it feels like something that should be like a cliche. Right. But I think every time I've seen it it's been used to pretty good effect. Yeah, I feel like that it couldn't be done in like a big triple A game because I think it depends like what the game is about. True. Like I, I feel like if Super Hot didn't feel like it needed to like for instance, I don't know what made this pop into my brain, but if something like Eternal Darkness, which wants to like kind of fuck with you with its sanity thing, right, was on PC instead of the GameCube, it would do this. It would totally like just crash the game and then be like, nope, Oop, just kidding, mm, reboot Brings it, it back right up. back up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah it's just like doing it when it's appropriate, right. The game, uh, a game that I recommended on a end of year thing two years ago, so like the end of 2017 going into 2018 uh, year end video that we did was, um, I-, I recommended this game that was called, and I'm going to butcher the name because I butchered it on the episode itself, actually, but I think it is called Masochisma. Okay, yeah, I've heard you talk about this. Yeah, and it, it follows, like, the early life of a serial killer who you're playing as, but that game also has these now also kind of a cliche therapy session scenes uh, during which it records your answers and then will spit a text document just onto your desktop <laughs> uh, in between. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really effective as well. So yeah. this is definitely a thing that could be used i yeah, mean it's something within reason yeah it's something that i think pops up every now and then and so far like in my experience has been used pretty well but i think it can be pushed yet even further yeah i would agree 
But you run into like legal issues and things and people being like, how the fuck did they get my name? I didn't give permission. Yeah. I think that as long as your game is offline and I think that you're uh, within your rights to access things that would be public knowledge. I mean, I'm all for it. Yeah. But you know how people are. Yeah. And I mean, you do have to do it in a legally safe way. Yeah. Also spoilers, I guess. Yeah. I I just feel like that's going to hold this sort of thing back. Mm Mm-hmm. They also do it in a really, just to go back to the actual moment of it, they do it in, they don't call too much attention to it. No. Which I think is a huge uh, benefit because it's not like in Earthbound, right? Like they, they do the whole thing where they collect your name over the course of like the entire Yeah, game. that's the thing though, is they get your name early and they don't use it to the very end. Right. Which makes it work in Earthbound too, I think, but in a totally different way. Right. Yeah, and it, and it also works in Earthbound, but it also makes a huge deal about the fact that they're using your name. Yeah. Which gives you a lot of time to think about why, like, the first time they used my name in Tamashi, didn't even consider it. Like, I was just like, of course it would know. And then I was like, oh, wait, wait hold on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it wasn't until, like, the time, the next time around that I considered, like, oh, the game, right, yes, files and all that. Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know. It's good. I like it. Yeah, I thought it was uh, pretty cool. But yeah, I think that's uh, that's all I got. Hell yeah! Oh, one other, one last thing. Hell no! Hell no! <laughs> uh, this game has a slow motion mode. Oh yeah. Uh, and it was on by default for me, for some reason. And I played like the first level with it on, and I was just wondering. Uh, if you had any thoughts on the slow motion mode. <laughs> I didn't toggle it, which I'm glad that you have had the experience. Yeah. What, does it just actually slow everything down? It slows you down, for sure. Uh, there's not a whole lot else going on. True. So I'm assuming it affects everything globally, but it's it's weird. It's because it's not so slow. Because, like, I thought, like, maybe the game just works this way and, like, your character kind of moves slow and it's its gimmick. Right. Which is why I played through a whole level and was like, this is too easy. If it was on by default, I wouldn't have even Yeah, like, I had to, I Googled it uh, after a level and was like, because this seems like baby's first (laughs) platformer. Yeah. Yeah, because I can imagine the slowness would... Because I was talking earlier about all the time limits it puts on things, yeah, it would definitely make all that stuff a lot easier. You have a oh, lot yeah, more mental thought, time to process yeah. it. You thought you fell s- fall slow in normal mode, <laughs> uh, slow motion mode, take fall for three years. <laughs> Basically, a bird. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I understand why it's there. Oh, like, no, it seems I think like it's a... it's definitely like a great accessibility thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people who are bad at platformers will be playing this. True, uh, but I think it's a cool thing that other games could use. Like it feels like a almost like a kind of Nintendo style thing where like if you want the game to be easier, put on the slow motion mode. Right, and, you know. I mean, some training wheels. I can kind of see that though. Like, first of all, slow motion mode does not market itself as easy mode, which is important to right, some people. But it totally is. It just is easy I th- mode. Like, I think Celeste has something like that. Yeah, assist mode. Yeah, that does a bunch of stuff. Like, there are a million options to toggle in, in that. But uh, there, I, I could see somebody like me who was like very into the aesthetic design of this. Yeah, game. if you wanted to like replay it. Yeah. It might be fun to fuck around with. Or just like 
if you this just isn't your kind of game, but you like it aesthetically. Maybe yeah. you love Yume Nikkei yeah. and want to play that, but the more action-oriented version, then this game is probably for you. But if you can't do platformers, it's a helpful thing. Yeah. And I kind of like, what was that game? Dread Out, I think is the name of it. It's like a survival horror game that, to me, I think just felt way too convoluted like if there yeah. was like a simple easy mode for that yeah. i probably would play it because i like the aesthetic yeah god of war had the give me a story mode right which made it like super easy yeah it's like you cannot take damage yeah that sort of thing i don't know how much that sort of thing adds to development costs in time but like it's definitely an interesting like design solution i think yeah have the difficulty discussion in the comment section below. Because <laughs> there's just so many different ways you can do it. Yeah. Sekiro should have it easy, man. <laughs> <laughs> that is a... Uh, just kicking up shit for no reason. <laughs> that's, I think you made that joke six months too late. I definitely did. So do we have final thoughts then? Uh, Yeah, I guess my final thoughts would be that this game, I think its strengths are in its like visuals and atmosphere, but they did they did a really good job of like putting a solid like gameplay like base to build that stuff on top of, and the game is short and cheap, and it's worth checking out if you're into horror, and you if you're anything like me, we'll get like more out of the gameplay than you expected uh, in the end. It's, it's a interesting, a very interesting little uh, horror gem, I think. Yeah. I, I would agree that a lot of the game's strengths come from how easy it is to just like, get the game and play the fucking game. Mm -hmm. Like it's so easy to experience this game that if you have any inclination toward it's like aesthetic design, which is really what's, that's, what's going to sell you on this game. Uh, me telling you that it's a puzzle platformer where you can make clones is probably not something that like grabs you immediately. Mm -hmm. But if I tell you that it's a puzzle platformer that's set in this, like, weird pseudo-religious horror Geiger sexy monster base, you'd probably be like, I kind of want to find out what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah. And so you would look it up, and that's what would, would convince you to get it. Um, yeah, if this game is within your tastes at all, I totally recommend it because there's almost nothing stopping you from, <laughs> from playing it. Yeah, with a lot of podcast games, I'll start them up just to kind of like play through the beginning and be like get my foot in the door and then next time i sit down to play it i'll like play a sizable chunk of it i booted this game up thinking i was going to do that same thing and played like half of it right you know without even really without the goal of like trying to play a lot of it at once you know it's just it's it's accessible it's not too long or too hard it's just easy to get into yeah the uh as a side note, before we close it out, I did, uh, in order to use PlayStation controller on the on Steam, uh, or at least the way that I have it set up, is you have to go into big picture mode, and I kind of forgot that because it's been a long time. Uh, so I booted the game trying to use the controller. didn't work. 
I played through a little bit of it with the keyboard and was like, this feels bad. I want to use a controller. So I closed it, restarted it, and it started me back at the beginning of the game. And I'd gotten through the tutorial part of the game, and I wasn't sure how the saving worked because it said it was going to save my game. But then just didn't do it. Mm. Uh, didn't so get I, far enough. Yeah. So I actually ended up just playing the entire game in a single sitting. Uh, and I don't think that detracted or really added in either case. Mm-hmm. I think that you're probably fine. But uh, yeah, it is, it's something that is totally capable of doing that. Yeah. Thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket this week. What are we talking about next time? We're going to be talking about Untitled Goose Game. Goose game. The goose is loose. On the game with no title. You already know what this game Y'all already know what I'm talking about. It's the internet sensation. That's sweeping the nation. To extend our reach to the stars above. <laughs> what were we saying earlier about getting irresponsibly drunk? Uh, that we were going to. Ah, okay. All right. Until that time, you can get a hold of us. Until we get irresponsibly drunk, you can get a hold of us on our website at NoClipPodcast.com. Uh, there you can find our email address, our Twitter account, our YouTube, links to all of our old episodes, uh, links to subscribe to us on iTunes and on Google Play. If you haven't uh, and you're listening to this because you're like, I want to listen to some shit about horror games, then check us out last year, uh, which was the inaugural year of No Clip Pocket, where we did three all-star games right in a row uh, with Year Walk, uh, Night Trap, and Pokemon Black, the Creepypasta game. All of those are worth a listen, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah, and um, just enjoy it. Make sure you check out Detention from last time. Uh, I highly recommend that one. I think that's one of pocket's best is a, po- a pocket classic. A, po- a pocket classic it's it, one of the pocket protectors it, yes it's reese jinko status <laughs> listen to our entire catalog so that you get that joke uh <laughs> uh see you guys next time smash that fucking like button Thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket this week. We didn't decide what our next game is. You decide. <laughs> uh, what are you going to do? Uh, that's a good question, actually. What were we going to do before? Oh, you want to do Goose Game? Oh, yeah. Let's just do Goose Game. All right. All right. I'm, now I'm just going to leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>